following podcast may contain some adult language. You've been warned. Those of you who got an invite, welcome to NerdProm. <laughs> no matter where in the world you are, we're all NERDS International. With the hyphen. Genesis RPG Podcast. This is a show dedicated to the Genesis role-playing system from Fantasy Flight Games, a show in which we, your hosts, discuss all things Genesis from both the players and a GM's perspective. I am Tony Fanning, and with me, as always, are my good friends and co-hosts, both of them this time, Chris Holmes and Stefan Dragonspawn. Stefan, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm back from Cuba. Uh, now, I'm, of course, I'm exiled for the good of the realm and uh so until the 29th and i go back to work and we'll see their work is supposed to send some of us working from home we'll see if that happens for me with my wonderful internet we'll we'll check that out (laughs) other than that i'm doing good how are you how about you chris oh i'm doing good i am doing good um had my uh face-to-face games this week online <laughs> so good thing i've been game <laughs> playing online games with you fuckers for the last few years so i can spin them up on it um yeah and last night ended the shard of yavin which was pretty Ooh, damn yeah. fun that was the <laughs> jewel of yavin reskinned into uh fifth edition D in eberron and uh, it was a lot of a lot of fun, man. Pretty pretty fun. So, um, how about you, Tony? How you doing? I uh, didn't have my face to face game this week because, well, you mm-hmm. know, the world is on hold. Yep. Um. So, I'm. Yeah, I haven't played anything. I worked a shitload of hours. I don't know if you know, but I work in one of those essential industries that people talk about, and. Uh, our plant, they decided, oh, we need to ramp up production because everybody's buying everything off the shelves. <laughs> so I did uh, like 29 hours overtime this week. Something money, like that. money. There you yeah. go. Ching. Tony's mm-hmm. a tired boy, but I did get time to write show notes. Yeah, you did. That's why we're here. <laughs> mm-hmm. So right. I didn't get any uh, special messages or anything from our listeners this week. Uh, but. Um, I'd, like I said, I did write the show notes up, and uh, we're going to go over talents for our setting, Tales of the Epsilon Eclipse. And so today's episode, before we go on to the next section, I wanted to say is episode 54, Tales of the Epsilon Eclipse, a round of talents on the house. <laughs> nice. I always love your love your ta- love your uh, um, titles for our episodes, because that's like a roundhouse of talents, or... Uh, yeah, that a round of talents on the house because we're in a bar setting, and you could read those so many different ways. It's so deep. Uh, I try. It's special. Words are words are 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 hard, but I I do I do well with them. When you do get them, put them together. They're special, Tony. <laughs> Thank you, brother. All right, let's. let's but go. Uh, 
Yeah, Stefan's got some signal to boost. Let's do that. All right. Well, hey, welcome to Boosting the Signal. This is where Stefan shares all the hot and steamy news of Genesis um, off the wire and reviews a project from the Foundry or take it on. Stefan, what you got? <laughs> all right, well, thank you, Chris. Oh, my sexy Chris, always a, a great intro. Um, today will be a little different because, you know, I'll... The entire world has gone sideways. So instead of just focusing on the new products, there are a few new products out there, but I would just want to mention that the fabulous uh, people who have made some products available on the Foundry recently due to what's happening um, have decided to either um, lower their prices, uh, make them pay what you want, or bundle them together so that it's almost the same as uh, lowering the price sometimes. Uh, people like Scott W., Darren West, and Chris Markham, and I think a few others, I think 404 Games, who published uh, Starcana, have also um, did some specials um, recently. Can so, I- uh, yes, go ahead. Um, you said Scott W., you meant Scott Zumwalt? Uh, Scott Zumwalt, yes. Okay. Uh, Darren West. Sure. Yeah, Scott W. is some, someone else entirely. Uh, <laughs> just my note had Scott Z and then Darren W. Uh, What's them, Z? So. Precious? Z. Oh, that's the Canadian <laughs> Z. That's right. <laughs> yes, exactly. The proper way to pronounce it. <clears throat> anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, they've uh, they've made their, their things lower priced or changed the prices to make them more available because now since a lot of people have to spend more time at home maybe something to do something to read at the very least and once you're done reading them you can uh, include them in your game or uh, game with them uh, if it's a star cana system uh, or setting I mean you can do that uh, so go check them out if you didn't before uh, pick them up and uh, yeah enjoy and a quick mention, though, that uh, Chris Markham did come up with at least uh, treasures for uh, Tiranoth and Ministries of Tiranoth, which covers uh, various gods. Oh, so, cool. uh, in addition to just having Kelos and Nodros hmm. mentioned in the main book, this uh, can maybe help out, flesh out uh, some of the other possible divinities. Cool. Very mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I I went out and picked out a couple things. Picked up a couple things I hadn't gotten yet, just to because um, they were nice and cheap, and and also helps people out mm-hmm. in these um, trying economic times. And um, and just you know, go out there, buy something, put some money in their pockets. Yep. Well, here you go. Thank you, Tony and Chris. All right, well, welcome to our next segment. Uh, 
You know, the one where Chris finds something that's almost as cool as he is, that's free on the web, and mm-hmm. talks to us about it, his 50 pieces of awesome. What have you got for us today, Chris? Well, um, you know, I must have to, th- I have to thank my buddy Killzak, who, um, if everybody remembers Killzak, he one-shotted that ancient red dragon that you can do in Genesis, by the way. Ha! Um <laughs> And, um, you know, he, for now, well, I mean, he found, you know, millions of pieces of awesome. So gave them to us. So going to dovetail on kind of what, what Stefan was talking about in the last segment. Um, are those like bitcoins? No, pieces of awesome are more (laughs) awesome than that. Um, this segment goes out to all of you gamers out there playing games while you're sequestered in your homes and. Again, during these trying times during the pandemic, or if you actually have played Pandemic in the last week, like I did with my youngest daughter, Fallon, we played it on Epic Mode, where we have to put all six Epidemics in the game, and we won, which was great. But um, And to all of you publishers out there on DriveThruRPG that are making your products free, or pay what you want so people can just go get stuff and start playing more games. Um, Lo- I downloaded uh, Loki's Battle Maps for the v- uh, virtual tabletops. Nice little collection. Um, playing um, Vampire or Werewolf the Apocalypse 20th Anniversary Edition with Tony here on Saturdays. Dark- World of Darkness giving away that PDF for free. Green Ronin is giving away their Fantasy Age Basic rulebook PDF for free. I haven't tried that system yet, that Fantasy Age I, system. I, I just got it because it was yeah. free and looked at it and like, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. And then, you know, I've been playing um, D&D as well and using uh, D&D Beyond, and they typically only allow you to share. So you could buy, like, their books, and you could share them and create up to, like, three campaigns and share the content with your players. Um, but till the end of May, they're allowing you to share it up to five campaigns. So that's pretty cool. So, you know, nice. and this is just what I saw, like, earlier this week. Maybe Hopefully more companies are getting on the bandwagon. And I am hoping this will bring more people into gaming. Um, because I know. You know a, go ahead. I know a lot of people have been asking about virtual tabletops mm-hmm. uh, all over the Internet. Um, uh, on various forums and MeWe, Facebook, on Twitter, a lot yeah. of gamers who don't normally play. Yeah. Uh, and I know some of the virtual tabletops that have um, pay prices, like Fantasy Grounds. Uh, they released to Fantasy Grounds Unity for free this week for beta. Cool. Um, if you want to try that out, mm-hmm. um, just I wanted to add that there because Fantasy Grounds is a great. It's the one we use. It's a it's yep. a great virtual tabletop. It's great for Genesis. Um, the mods that were done for it out mm-hmm. there and the work that Chris and our friend Jimmy Parton have put into it. Um, Roll20, uh, actually, I've been I've been playing around with Roll20 this week as well. And what they've done is, or somebody did, somebody's integrated D&D Beyond character mm-hmm. sheet. You can have that up in D&D Beyond and roll your dice from that in um, using the API uh, to roll the dice inside of Roll20. And oh, that's nice. That's pretty slick. You, had, you need a um, you need the Beyond Twenty extension for Chrome. I think they have one for for um, Firefox as well. But any of you that are playing that have been doing like the D and D Beyond stuff, and you're at home and you don't know what to do face to face, get on Roll Twenty and do it. Start playing it because it's free. A lot of 
it's pretty easy to set stuff up. Just got to take some time to figure it out. Not much of a learning curve, so. But kudos to that. Awesome. So well, nice. we don't just give out kudos on this. No, no, no. no. So thanks to Kilzak and his uh, one shot, um, <laughs> we've got lots of pieces of awesome to give out to everyone. Loki, the World of Darkness people, the Green Ronin, D&D, and everyone else who's Playing doing games. all this great stuff to play games and allowing games to be more available and easier to access. 50 pieces of awesome to each and one of you. Yay! Yeah. 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 It's like Mardi Gras, like we're on a float hanging out pieces of awesome all over the place. <laughs> there you go. Just, just show, up your, show us your boobs, show us your butt. Well, let's go on to the next segment. How about that? <laughs> Getting into the meat of the show. <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome to the Books of Genesis. <laughs> Dude, you're a little slow. A little slow. We so did not harmonize. Your eyes around. We did not harmonize. <laughs> <laughs> but rounds are simultaneous, aren't they? <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> we'll start when I, a little bit after you. <laughs> okay. Oh, one of those. That's right. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Um, Next time, maybe we'll uh, we'll get synchronized. There we go. I'm not going to direct your choir. I'm just going to sit back and laugh at you both every time. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, hey, open up your core rule book, everybody, to page 194. Um, where we're going to kind of review the creating the talents um, section. Kind of give it a quick little overview, I believe. And then um, we're going to go over the list of, you know, some of our talents we grabbed from the core book. And we're going to introduce new talents that we have um, created, that each of us have created for Tales of the Epsilon Eclipse. And going to try and balance them on the air. Uh, and discuss them and kind of do a little brainstorming and let you guys know kind of our process and hear our process mm-hmm. when we're going over these things so you guys can create your own for your own settings. So yeah. who who wants to kick this puppy and get us well, get her started? I just want to say that by the end of this segment, oh, you'll all be experts or or talented experts at being uh, creating talents. Oh, <laughs> he's trying to put those. You're a punny guy, man. You're a punny guy. All right, try. <laughs> so. I suppose I will kick this off. So the, when, back when we went over this the very first time, we talked about creating talents and what it means to create a talent. Mm-hmm. And um, first of all, if you're going to create a talent, you need a talent that's going to fit a niche, a niche, niche, whatever you want to pronounce mm-hmm. it, uh, that is, is not already filled or is specific to your setting. Right. Um, and so you need to ask yourself a few questions when you start off making this talent. The very first question you ask yourself is, do you want it to have a mechanical or narrative effect? Um, and so if it's just a narrative talent, you know, like for instance, or a mechanical talent, like knack for it just removes a couple setback die from the die roll. That's mechanics. It's purely, there's no needed narrative description for it. Um, on the other hand, you've got How Convenient, uh, which has a purely narrative effect, and it changes the ongoing story, but doesn't interact directly with the game mechanics. Um, so, those are your two main focuses for a talent. 
I think most of the ones that we've done for our setting are mechanical ones because I think yeah. the, the the narrative ones kind of present themselves as you're fleshing out your setting more. As we get yeah. more and more to the the fluff of our setting, those narrative talents mm-hmm. might pop up. Yeah, um, and that's yeah, the way I, 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 I noticed. Us, I can see us creating some narrative talents um, for the bar setting, right? I mean, while we're in there and. Yeah, <clears throat> and and honestly, from when we did the ones for Primordial Machina, that was the way it came out. Is that we, you know, we didn't do any narrative talents when we started out; they were all mm-hmm. mechanical. And then we started filling in the lore for it, and all of a sudden, pop! Here goes a narrative talent. I think we wrote two eventually. Um, but mm-hmm. in a way, I think narrative talents are more inclined to be more like almost like setting specific. It seems like. Whereas mechanics, it's, it yeah. affects the mechanics. Uh, it's easier, I guess, to, to think about a new talent. Like, oh, how can I affect the mechanics? You know, make this easier for a character. That's what a talent sh- should help. Right. Should be. You yeah, know, making things a little easier, bo- a bonus, or removing a difficulty, uh, or making something more difficult for your opponent. <laughs> mm-hmm. Whereas narrative, yeah, you, you almost. But almost, if it's not setting specific, or at least a genre specific, like one of some talents might be more. More appropriate for a sci-fi setting, some for sci- for fantasy or or intrigue or horror. Yep, right on. No, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And I want to add this little caveat because it was something that we learned from our interview with um, Keith Capel, and that is also look if you can't just reskin one of the existing talents before yeah. you write your talent, yeah. before you start start writing one new one from scratch. Look to see if there's one out there that, hey, you know what? If I just change this name and rechange this wording and mm-hmm. or change the skill that it affects, yep. bam, I've got this cool new talent that didn't take a whole lot of effort to do. Actually, I have an example of that, to be honest with you. Um, the ahead. one that I was thinking of was from Realms of Tirnoth. Oh, crap. I didn't put a page number on it. Damn it. It's called Justice oh. of the Citadel. And it is a tier three talent, I believe. Um, let me look for it just real quick. Um, and it's just a matter of renaming it to Justice of the Axe and Saw, maybe. So here you go. Justice yeah. of the Citadel. It is on page 90. It's a tier 3. It's an active. So to activate it, it's, it's an incidental to activate it. And um, it's not ranked. But once per round on your character's turn, your character may suffer three strain to use this talent to add damage equal to their ranks and discipline to one hit of a successful melee attack. Now, that... I mean, we could just totally rename that to Justice of the Axe and Saw. And change it from discipline to mental discipline. There you go. Exactly. Well, Um, then then you don't have to worry about is it properly ranked? It's already, you know, mm-hmm. tier three. Everything is worked out. Yeah. Change the name, and it's appropriate for any kind of almost like fighting order, religious order, whatever you want to call it. Exactly. Exactly. So there's an example of that. So what's the, in the, in on page 184, what's the next question that we ask ourselves? Uh, Steph? Uh, next one up is also, well, which character does this talent affect? Creating a new one, you know, is it the character himself, yeah, who owns, who took the talent? Is it an opponent or an ally? Yep. That'll depend on what kind of talent is it. You know, if it's harmful or beneficial. 
course, usually. If it's harmful, usually you want to it'll target enemies, obviously. <laughs> right, right. <clears throat> and, then, and then the next thing you want to ask yourself is um, what kind of encounter? Do you want it to affect your character or an enemy in combat or in a social encounter? Or, or in a exploration? Mentalism. Or encounter. mentalism encounter, yes. While you're slicing somebody's brain. Yes. Right. Or just role playing <laughs> encounters. Right. Or or maybe it could be used in multiple encounters, like something like um what was it? The uh what was it, knack for it. You could pretty much use it in multiple encounters, even though you can't use it for combat based skills, but you could still Use it in Stoke combat. Stoke can roll non-combat skills in combat. Exactly. Yeah, it's always possible. Stealth, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Skullduggery. Mechanics. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What's yeah. next here, Tony? Um, so you get now into that stat block for the um, talent, and you've got the two major questions there. Um, and the first one is, is the talent active or passive? And um, that that one has a lot of drop downs to it if it's active what you know how long does it take to use you've got to determine whether it's a maneuver or an action or an incidental mm-hmm. if it's passive it's just done it's over with it's always um on, basically right? and it's and if it's active there's also usually a cost involved uh, so those kind of all tie together and uh those costs can include time mm-hmm. like it um like if it's only usable once per encounter or um, if it's uh, usable uh, once per session. Uh, Strain, usually a great mechanic uh, to use for enacting talents. A lot of your combat talents and social talents use strain. Gods, for example, I think. And story points, which those are usually those high tier, tier four, tier five, um, that really do something game-breaking or Mm game-changing even tier three, um, that, that have a story point cost at fall. Yep. Yeah. Pretty special. Stefan, what's the other uh, thing that you have to... Um... Well, then, to still tie it in with the uh, active or passive, especially active, if the talent is active, how long does it take to use? So is it an action requiring you to spend one of your character's actions? Uh, does he just require a maneuver, something fairly easy, you know, a bit mm-hmm. like drawing a weapon or uh, or putting away a weapon, for example, that usually takes a maneuver. Or if it's just uh, incidental, just like doesn't really take that much time, but it's still part, maybe part of the action. Right. Right. <clears throat> Okay. Yeah, and then the, uh, the the next main question you have to ask yourself um, is how, what tier does the talent belong in? And that one's tricksy, but we have really good guidelines here on page 196 um, for that. Oh, uh, uh, sorry, before you go, I, I just remembered as part of the uh, what I was talking about also, Sometimes some talents like dodge uh, and others maybe can be can be used on another person's turn, another character's turn. Oh, that also out of turn incidentals, can, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. the out of turn incidental like dodge. So yeah. you, you use it in reaction, kind of, to the opponent's action. In this case, let's say an attack. 
So you can Good. try to reduce the damage or the effect of their action on you. Good call to bring that up. And yeah. another thing that they don't bring up in these four pa or three pages here, that's something you've got to decide before you decide the tier is is it ranked yes yeah uh, because ranked talents are then ones that they can add on to later and take again and again and again and that's yeah. a that's a that's an important question then determining what tier to put it at because if it's one of those you know ranked but you want it to be rarer uh you want to put it in a higher tier but we'll get into that to start with yeah so who wants to do tier one I'll take it. Okay. So tier one, tier one are your your really simple talents, small effects like um, grit, toughened. You know, those are at tier one where they add you know you add one to your strain or two to your wounds or um, those kinds of things. And have they have minor effects? They actually let you remove a setback die or add a boost die, um, and uh, basically. You know, only taking like a basic action economy. It doesn't let you do things way out of control here. So um, probably without even spending a maneuver, uh, you could use these talents doing a lot of those at tier one. So how about tier two? Tier two, well, I'll take it. Uh, tier two is where things get a little bit more interesting as opposed to tier one, which you can customize your character a little bit. This one, uh, the character now can change a few more things uh, in an encounter. Uh, they include like ranked defensive talents, uh, things that allow you to, uh, so as an example, add more skills as career skills, for example, adventurer uh, and other other things. You change a little bit uh, other rule aspects of rules. Uh, can you provide some some minor bonuses? Usually, adding either advantage or uh, a boost dice to your check. I like this last paragraph in Tier 2 before I go on to Tier 3. Overall, yeah. Tier 2 is a good place to add ranked talents that are useful enough that you want a lot of characters to take them, but they're not auto-include. Ah. So you, you, if you're going to start a ranked talent that's going to be auto-include, like Toughened and Grit, those, mm -hmm. are, those are your Tier 1s. Um, but this is kind of like, well, a lot of people want to take this. Maybe slide it in there in Tier 2. All right, tier three is a good place to put talents that can really change the way the game is played, and that's this is where they start to change the game mechanic or uh, the way it's run. Uh, you, you've got to put a lot of XP to get there, so um, tier three is where they start to pay off really well. These talents um, tend to be uh, a lot of your more defensive and offensive talents, like dodge, parry, um, and they usually have. Uh, Upgrading the difficulty of checks or upgrading your check or add more damage to a combat check. Um, they're all, they also can be very potent buffs, giving your characters uh, or your friends extra maneuvers. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is where improved versions of a lot of other talents will sit, is right in Tier 3. Um, and uh, any talent that 
and it says in the last paragraph of it, and this is key, any talent that lets a player re-roll a check will be a Tier 3 talent. Or a talent that lets a player fundamentally alter the ongoing encounter, the rest of the encounter. If it's an encounter-affecting ability, um, then yeah. this will probably be the place for it. And also, it's a place for pet-type talents, uh, like a familiar or a, a drone talents. That's where they start out at. Yep. How about Tier 4? <clears throat> Um, well, tier four here are, this is where you're kind of getting into the game-breaking talents, where they really alter the way the game might be going. Um, one is, for there's one example here, a talent that lets you choose a critical injury when your character inflicts one. There's one you can select, so you roll your critical injury, I can't remember what the name of the talent is, but then you um, select anywhere in that tier that you just rolled in, to select whatever talent. Um, and the, and they actually heavily alter the action economy of the game, too. Um, let you do something that wouldn't normally require an action um, as a maneuver. Um, if, you, if it normally requires an action to do, this is where you would allow it to do an, as a maneuver. Potentially this three is where times. You get into, this is where you get into people rolling the dice twice in their turn. Exactly. And I have an example of a talent from um, Realms of Tirnoth. It's called Unrelenting. Tier 4. Mm-hmm. Active, it's an incidental. It's not ranked, obviously. Um, but once per round, after resolving a successful brawl, melee light, or melee heavy combat check, you can your character can spend 4 strain to use this talent to make an additional melee attack as an incidental against the same target. Increasing the difficulty by 1 if it uses a second weapon, or by 2 if you're using the same weapon. I mean, that is huge. Especially if you have somebody who's one-shotting a dragon. Shut, right? <laughs> Shut your mouth. Attack him again. <laughs> or didn't quite one-shot that dragon. <laughs> Let him do it again. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's huge, man. That's kind of a neat neat talent. One of these days I'll get it for one of my characters, I think. <laughs> so All right, tier five, Stefan. What yes. you got? No, tier five is where things get really cool. Your epic level, you know, there's a few that, of course, you know, those are the things that can really change your character, character sheet, or just sometimes the storyline, mm-hmm. or how tough your character is. Um, strangely enough, none of them are ranked. But <laughs> I wonder why that <laughs> because is. they can't get any higher. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that doesn't mean you can't take the same one more than once occasionally. Dedication's so, ranked. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yep. Well, well that's one of the, maybe the only one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you take it. You can take it multiple times. Master is not ranked, but that one is also pretty pretty good. Every time you you pick it, you choose one skill, uh-huh. and you can reduce the difficulty by two. Makes you know, and it's wow. not limited to it's not limited to just non combat or non arcane skill. You can include combat skills and wait a second is magic that, skills. Is yes, that a minimum. Even so. I can make a melee attack with a simple difficulty, meaning no difficulty dice. Uh, no, I mean minimum is easy though. It'll oh, still have a but it's still you just easy. didn't read that part. Ha ha! I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I was testing. I was testing testing you. So there. I wasn't on the page. <laughs> I didn't see it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So this is these are where you put the talents that um, you know are powerful, and uh, it'll be a. You know, game changer when they're when they are used, but 
characters will be satisfied. One that I like is the indomitable one. Spend a story point to use this talent when he your character is about to be incapacitated, but he's not incapacitated until the next the end of his next turn. So he's you can imagine you know character you know, Conan the Barbarian he's being beaten and bruised and cut. It's like no 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 I'm not dead yet. <laughs> he stays up. <laughs> there we go. I do but, like yeah. the uh, again. They always put a nice little nugget in that last paragraph, and in mm-hmm. here it's remember your game doesn't need to have a lot of tier five talents since all ranked talents increase their tier every time you purchase them. Eventually, all those lower ranked talents become tier five talents. Exactly. But there is a tier five talent you really need to have in your game, and you know what one that is, right, Tony? Come on, buddy. Begins with a Z, ends with Ellis uh, yes. Fire. <laughs> GM will love it. Yes, the GM yeah. will if love you, it. If you're using magic in a setting, grab that from Terranoff. No, That's hey, I've, I, hey, even even if I had a, I was just playing one of a character that uses a lot of strain. Because when you're when you have those parry talents and dodge talents, mm-hmm. you're gonna want zealous fire because every time your game master spends a story point, your character heals two strength. That's it. So that no doesn't which suck. Action. And then when you have a, a a game master like Tony who flips all six and <laughs> and fucks all of our characters over th- at the that. same time, oh yes, exactly. You have, and we love it when you do it because we're like, oh no, we're totally screwed because he's upgrading all of our checks. Um, you that's twelve. That's twelve strain there, man. <laughs> Anyways, that's cool. All right. So what well, we've gone over mm-hmm. creating the talents now. Yes. When you're making a setting, mm-hmm. um, you've got to do one other thing, and that is you've got to take all the existing talents that are out there for, and it, you can include. Uh, we haven't even done any of that yet. You can include um, works by people on the Foundry if you want to. Oh, yeah. Just make sure you give them credit exactly. when you uh, and and maybe if you're doing this for the Foundry, you should definitely get their permission before you do it yes but if you're doing this as just a setting for your home group or if you're doing it as a setting to give out to everyone for free give them credit say hey this dude made this talent and here it is it's in this mm-hmm. product and it's on drive through rpg yeah. mm-hmm. but um yeah just reach out to them if you want if you want to use their talents and you know say hey this these talents are pretty cool they'll work in my game do you mind if i include it and you know these guys yeah. that we've talked with and communicated with they're very cool very uh, humbled by asking and that very you know, reachable very reachable too yeah yes yes they're all so. active on the community mm-hmm. forums and you oh, can yeah. talk to them on, uh, on any of those social platforms but um getting away from what we did here chris you did a knock down drag out bang up <laughs> job on this thanks buddy. getting our list yes. of talents mm-hmm. from the realms of terranoth core rule book the expanded players guide even though you didn't get any nope, from there but you i did still look. looked at them all. still looked at them right and shadow of the beanstalk mm-hmm. and so we're going to kind of just go over as an overview we don't have to go through all of them right um but we you know we we did a this is a, a what did i call it when i made that mock-up cover for it i called it a, a space a dimensional fantasy i think i called it dimensional yeah. fantasy setting yes mm-hmm. yeah. so it's a it's a science fantasy setting right um so at in the core rulebook each talent 
tells you, hey, this can be used in this type of setting and this type of setting. Use those guidelines. That's mm-hmm. what Chris did here. Um, so, like from the core rulebook, he's grabbed a bunch of them. You know, well, I'll tell you uh, what. I, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what I did. My process yeah. with this. When I was thinking of it, I'm like, holy crap! I've got all these books to go through. So many freaking talents. I started with. I started with um, Tirnoth, Realms of Tirnoth. Okay, because Realms of Tirnoth has all of the core talents for fantasy brought in. So I'm like, might not have to look at the core book because there they are. So I went through all of them and j- tried to cut out some. I knew I knew we weren't going to be using Chill of Nordros, those setting-specific ones, right? Knew we weren't going to do anything with, with Verse or Rune. So uh, you can knock out a lot of those. Then I went over to the Shadows of the Beanstalk, and I might have actually texted Tony or you guys in the middle of it going hey are we doing any are we going to bring in any of the hacking talents are those appropriate and then i stefan and or one of you guys were mentioning well we're going to be using those reskinning those for the mental hacking i'm like all right cool so i skipped those um and again a bunch of core talents were in there and then i went through them and marked some that were appropriate and some that I had some questions on too. So, and then from there, I was thinking, well, let's try the um, expanded players guide, and those were all all magic related, and I couldn't think of how to move those and reskin some of them to our mental, our psionics based. Maybe the one where you're using up where you're using a um, spell component. I don't know about that, but you know, we add a boost die, spell component. Maybe you inject something before you do your psionic melding. I don't know, something like that. But, but there anyways, was, yeah, there was actually one that I looked at, or two, I think, that I looked at that I thought we could add. Cool. Uh, mainly because they added an aspect to psionics that were in psionics before, right. in my mind. Okay. Um, Pun intended. And that's, psionics um, that were in your mind. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, and and it, it's reskinning um, Flicker Step uh, for um, Psionics instead of Arcana. So when your character uh, casts a spell using, we would say, Psionics skill, they may use this talent to spend three advantage or a triumph to instantly vanish and reappear at any location within long range. So it kind of allows you to blink. Like a teleport. Um, well, that doesn't suck. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that I thought was a neat. Or we could even if we didn't have that, if we had teleportation talent, which is if your character has at least one rank in, in this case, psionics. Once per session, your character may use this talent to make a daunting psionics check, and if they succeed, they instantly vanish and reappear at another location in the world they already know about. Hmm. Now, the teleportation improved then would come along with that, and that allows them to change realms to another world. Since this is a dimensional hopping game, I thought about including those three talents. Um, Those are kind of fun. Those are slick. Those would be fun, and they would definitely, definitely add something to our to our uh, setting here for sure. Yeah, they would definitely fit since they are. Different worlds, different realms. You know what? I'll Why not? A, I'll make a note to add those then to our list. I'll add those to our list. Okay. I'm not sure about 
component casting. There's not much components usually in. Exactly. It, yeah, I wasn't. With, really. with some imagination instead of components, you know, uh, sometimes you you have someone tries to focus, trying to maybe to locate someone uh, mentally. Well, if they have a lock of hair, uh, something that belongs to them, you know, when you see psychics, you know, oh, yeah. give me something that belonged to this person, uh, a, a cherished teddy bear, a book that they liked. You know, mm-hmm. Oh, yes, I'm getting a mental reading. This person was distraught when they disappeared. That could come into... To play, come, maybe. We could play with mentalism. For we sure. could we could call yeah. it we could call it something like psionic focus. Yeah, something maybe. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll look into that. Does, yeah, but yeah, I'll make a note definitely. of that too. Okay, and then one last one I just noticed. Um, I I had thought about the other ones earlier, but this one I just noticed. Masterful casting, page ninety-seven. It's a tier four talent. Mm-hmm. It's active, incidental, not ranked. When your character casts a spell, in this case psionics, uh, they may use this talent to spend a triumph to trigger up to three different qualities Mm. or spell effects instead of one. Uh, These qualities or spell effects must be ones that require advantage or a triumph to activate. Cool. Right. Such as, you know, uh, auto fire, perhaps, or burn, or snare, stuff like that. Yeah. Nice. yeah, you know there is That's another a- one because I did include because I did include animal companion, dire animal companion makes sense too. Man, I, I yeah I, yeah I was up really late. <laughs> I missed a few of these. These do make sense. All right, so we'll be adding we'll, we'll be adding more. <laughs> Let's get into what we've got though. All so right. you've done a real good job. Thanks, buddy. Yep, and, very good. Uh, Lots of work. I think uh, we've got some highlighted ones. Um, that we want to bring out. Um, so you brought up the, the the talents from Shadow of the Beanstalk, and then we're not going to go into them all, but there's right. a bunch of talents in Shadow of the Beanstalk that affect the favor mechanic. Yes. And um, one of the things that we had talked about when we were brainstorming this setting is that we wanted to bring over the obligation mechanic from Star Wars Edge of the Empire and kind of reskin it. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know which one of you came up with the name for it, but I think it was Chris. Bar tab. Um, yeah. Yeah. Calling it the bar tab. <laughs> and that was perfect. And so we're we're going to kind of reskin those talents. And we didn't do so for this session because eventually we're going to get into, since not everybody is, uh, all of our Genesis uh, listeners not all of them have played Edge of the Empire. We're going to have to explain how obligation works and, right. and how the bar tab is going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to lump all those talents into that show. Yep. So let me see. There were a, so there were a, what is the other talents that I oh there was um wrath wraithbane. <laughs> yep. I asked, are we going to be doing undead? And you're like, oh why wouldn't we? <laughs> I'm like, all right, it's in. <laughs> There's a good one. Um, what was the other one that I had? Oh, that's right. Justice of the Citadel from Realms yeah. of Tyrannoth. Um, yeah, and can... you already talked about that. Renaming yep. it to Justice of the Axe and Saw. Exactly. Which... Yep. Which, uh, we yeah, in our previous segment, we did that. Um, that was probably about it, right? I know I did. I mentioned, like, you owe me one. Can we link it to Bar Tab? Mm-hmm. But we could talk about that in our Bar Tab 
episode. Yep. But those were really my only questions as I went through any of these. Did you guys have any thoughts or no. comments? Okay. No, I, I think we've all we've discussed it. Stefan, you got anything? Yeah. Uh, just going back to Wraith Bane. You know, maybe if they're if they're not undead, we can revisit this, of course, in more detail. But Wraith Bane, instead of calling them undead, they could be just reanimated. You know, using weird tech, psionic tech, they reanimate uh, the corpses. Maybe some of our some of our bad guys. The uh, use that. That could be something yep. to uh, to bring up. Yeah, we could totally call it reanimated because we're going to have multiple ways of doing that. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Yeah, uh, calling it yeah instead of wraith bane, corpse bane, or whatever. <laughs> cool. Nope. Yeah, that that, nope. We can even have one that's um, uh, a bane for those that are psych that have psionics. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna kind have of psy hunter. Or... Like a psy hunter. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Psy yeah. hunter. Okay. Sometimes, you know, in other settings, you've got witch hunters and mage hunters, whatever yeah. you want to call them. Sometimes, why not? Rogue. There might be rogue psionics that, you know, need to be uh, brought back or put down or. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. I made a note <laughs> of that. Sweet. Well, then, hey, you know, our, I'm thinking everybody who's listening to this is on the edge of their seat, mm. awaiting. What new talents we've got? Right. Yes. <laughs> Who wants to start? Let's do them. They're on pins and needles. Pins and needles. Uh, so I just have two to. Re- I only did two. You guys did all these other ones, which are great, by the way. These are pretty awesome. Well, you did all the lists, so you, if you just, yep. just did a few t- new talents, that's fine. You did yep. a lot of other heavy lifting, so, <laughs> so that's why you've got the big arms. All right. Do you want to read yours, Stefan, and I'll read mine, or what? Yeah, I'm more familiar with them, I guess. So, go for it. Okay. So we got All tier right. one. What do we have for tier one, guys? Tier one. So I was tasked more with a focus of basically this mind hacking uh, kind of talents. Mm-hmm. So that, of course, uh, focused my mind. My mind, yes, I was focused um, on the shadow of the beanstalk. So uh, the talents that are there. Uh, we said it before, we were uh, reskinning the hacking rules to mind hacking. So a lot of the talents that affect uh, hacking and computer programs, ICE and icebreakers, mm-hmm. we just tweaked uh, for these mental constructs, mental armaments and mental fortifications. So the first one I got was a tier one talent called custom construct instead of custom code. So when this character selects his talent, they choose one of their mental armaments that they know, and so he's customized it. You know, he knows it backwards and forwards. And whenever he uses it to override mind forts, he can add an advantage to the results. That's uh, mental fortifications. Well, mental fortifications. I, I shortened it to mental forts, but yeah, fortifications is the official term. Right. And then if they choose a piece of mental mind mental fortification, mental fort or mind fortification, whenever someone intends to override it, they can add a threat to their result. Since it's more passive, you know, mental fortification has to w- await someone else's hacking 
So yeah, right. instead of advantage, would be a, a threat to the other person's mind hack. So this is Very so nice. this is a passive talent, and it's not ranked. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. Once he's known it, he's modified it so that he can use it. when he does use it. He has an advantage or a threat, depending on the construct. Gotcha. Cool. Okay. Pretty good. Next, I had uh, the only other tier one talent that we've done thus far: Psionic Prodigy. And that's a tier one passive, not ranked. Not ranked, that's right. So you can only take it once. Psionics is now a career skill for your character. When your character chooses this talent, she must pick a single spell action, normally allowed by the psionic skill, and she may only cast spells of that type. So, attack, or barrier, or Mm -hmm. healing or so on and so forth, you're going to choose that when you take it. And you can only do that one type. And you can't take this multiple times to gain them all. And the other limiting factor, which is why I dropped it from a tier 2 down to a tier 1, is this. Note, this talent represents untapped natural potential, not training. Therefore, it does not make the associated knowledge skill, which is knowledge metaphysics Mm -hmm. a career skill so if you choose one of those um actions that has a lot of that say attack that has a lot of um things that are tied to your ranks in that those ranks are going to come at a cost right so you can still get knowledge the knowledge metaphysics but it's not a career skill so you have to pay a little bit more yeah it's 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 reflecting that you are taking extra effort to learn that knowledge yeah, you've got raw talent, you're not trained, you're just, I know this one thing. Yep. And so that's why I had it at um, Tier 1. Now, I did think, still, it's right on the edge of Tier 1, Tier 2. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, with some playtest, it may add the uh, the limiter that you may only cast this one thing that you can cast once right. per encounter um, at the end of it. But wait and see. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe it costs extra strain if it's every, once every, every, no, every round. That could work. Instead of doing, you know, instead of you may use the spell, but instead of costing two strain to cast, it costs three. Yeah. Because you're not trained to focus properly, you've never gone through the academy, right. the endless halls. So. <laughs> Right, and so those limiters are ones we could add later via playtest, and that's another thing that I wanted to mention, and that's why I kind of wanted to bring this one in first and down at tier one, and I brought it to the lower tier and talked about balancing, because playtest, 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 see how it works. If it gets too powerful, then balance it. Kick on some of those costs, once per session or once per... Uh, encounter or strain or right. story point, so on and so forth. Well, cool. that's it. All the all the ones that we came up with out of whole cloth, yeah, they'll need to be play tested no matter what. You know, the ones I converted, maybe not so much unless right. Well, and, and properly. The next, the next one that I did, the first to the tier two talents, uh, is one of those that I reskin. And then mm-hmm. in Terranoth and in Shadow of the Beanstalk, you've got a lot of talents that sit right that at tier two that just add two skills to your career skills and um 
So I have some that are themed for our um, for our game. Uh, and this one, the first one I have is Dimensional Traveler. It's tier two, passive, not ranked. And it says knowledge multiverse and resilience are now career skills for your character. Cool. You why did you why did you pick um, resilience for that? Because you're jumping from world to world, and so you're going to be going to places that are uh, harsh environments. Cool. And resilience is the you know the way to express survival in those harsh environments without nice. so much the survive or not survival, but I guess the term is a, um, a resilience in those environments. <laughs> right. How, so how, how well your body? Yeah. How well your body adapts to let's say another realm that has maybe. Uh, harsh light. The other one is maybe a little heavy gravity or you well, know, if you're, uh, whatever. If you're realm jumping, it's going to have an effect on your body. Oh, so yeah. being able to be resilient and be hardy and resist that yep. is, uh, is a key thing. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, Even Core Book has a few of those kind of towns like Adventure or Militia gives you a couple of yeah. a couple of skills as career skills. Nice. Nice. You got the next one, bud. All right. The next one is um, when I came up with psionics, even way back when, when Genesis came out, uh, the first time I thought, you know, psionics could be another uh, kind of discipline other than arcane, divine, and primal. So I came up with this one when take you know, psionics, that not all of the actions that a psionicist can do, uh, he can he can do on others. He can only do certain things like augment, heal, and mask on himself. But this mind over matter is a tier two talent, passive and and ranked because you can take it multiple times to to choose other magical actions. So, uh, when taking this talent, the mind mage selects one of the three actions that can only be used on himself. We can mention before augment, heal, or mask, and then he can now use that action on others at the base range described in that action. So he can also increase the range as normal if that action would permit it. So let's say augment, I think, is uh, engage range. Uh, So he could add the ranged uh, benefit and go up to long range if he wants uh, with the normal difficulty. And every time he picks this talent, he chooses another action. So you can choose it three times total and be able to use all of the psionic uh, abilities uh, at range. Nice. So not just on himself. That's cool. But it, it takes some extra training. You know, I imagine a psionic is focusing on himself first. He can augment himself, he can heal himself, he can hide or conceal himself, but not others yet. He needs a bit more talent, more training before he can go further. Cool. I like Very it. Very nice. Uh, next, I added Recruit. So this one actually is cut and paste from <laughs> the Age, Star Wars Age of Rebellion sourcebook. Um, and it, it, it involves uh, being recruited into some sort of military organization. Uh, and it's a Tier 2. It's passive. It's not ranked. And it just says that ranged heavy and survival are now career skills for your character. There we go. Cool. Simple. Mm-hmm. Nice. Simple. Another one that I came up with, uh, I reskin again, uh, one of the hacking uh, 
uh, talents. I just recalled it of two minds. Tier two, passive again, ranked. Uh, no, not ranked. This time the mentalist uh, can have up to two mental armaments active at once. Instead of just because one. normally you can only have one. Yeah, exactly. So now that's why of two minds are almost like compartmentalizing his mind. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm multitasking. There you go. Loved the name <laughs> for that one. Uh, yeah. yeah. Even though it's not I, I love the name order, for though. both of your tier two ta- or Even, the, both of these tier two talents you got mm-hmm. right here in this section. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, you had something to say, Chris? Yeah, it wasn't in alphabetical oh. order, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> My, all right, how ADHD of me. <laughs> Let's keep up it up. So, uh, uh, <laughs> then I did uh, think tank. So mm, tier nice. two, uh, its activation is passive again. Uh, ranked no, and it's uh, knowledge mentalism and knowledge or mental discipline are now career skills for your character, and this represents being rem- knowing that mentalism exists and how it's used, and being mm-hmm. able to defend yourself, and it can be available to any career. Cool. Um, and th- that way, you don't have to just be somebody that's a works in that field, so to speak. To, to be formidable force when being mind hacked. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next one, I, I bounced around with the name a couple of times, but I like the name for this one too. Um, you're so predictable. <laughs> so a, nice. tier, a tier two, passive, no ranks. And when your character successfully traces another character, so it would be more on the defensive side, maybe, another character during a mind-hacking encounter, your character gains an additional trace. So you can try to pinpoint where he's coming from. It's like, yeah, yeah, I know I know where you're coming from. You do this, usually, and do that. And <laughs> I think the other name I had is Know Your Mind, but I think I changed it to for another talent. I like that name. That yes, was yeah. perfect. I, so I read it, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> so predictable. There we <laughs> go. Awesome. All right, so getting into tier three. Second, yeah, that's it for a second tier two. Tier three, go ahead. Oh, that's you. Oh, that's right. That's one of mine. Sorry. <laughs> brain trap. It's a trap. It's a brain trap. <laughs> three tier three, and it does take an action. Not ranked. This one gets a little bit more complex compared to the other talents. Once per session, your character may use this talent to make a hard discipline check. That's three difficulty. Mental discipline. If they, uh, mental discipline, sorry. Yep. What did I say? Whatever. <laughs> if they succeed once before the end of the encounter, you may spend a story point to force one character in the encounter to make a daunting vigilance check as an incidental. If they fail, they are staggered until the end of their next turn. Plus an additional turn per two threat they Oof. generate. So yeah, you you spring a brain trap on them if you're able to. Uh, that's nasty. That, that's nasty. Yeah, that's why. That's why the story point because yes, yeah, being staggered. Well, can, that's yeah, once per session nasty. and a story point mm-hmm. and a hard check involved. Great mm-hmm. limited. limited. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then good the job ca- putting it solidly at tier three. Yeah, and then the character, of course, the target. Has to make a vigilance check as well. Right. A wow. daunting one. That's four difficulty. <laughs> nice. Nice. There we go. That's pretty good. And Chris, then I, 
Yes, Chris has one, finally. (laughs) Yes, I have one here. Now, the one I have here is called Tavern Brawler Improved. But let me read the Tavern Brawler talent from Tier 1, Realms of Tiernoth, that I'm kind of improving, that I'm creating an improved version of. So this is the regular Tavern Brawler. Tier 1, it's passive, it's not ranked. Your character adds an advantage to brawl checks and combat checks using improvised weapons. So the improved version of this is tier 3. It's passive. It's not ranked. But your character must have purchased a tavern brawler talent to benefit from this talent. Your tavern brawling skills are becoming as sharp as broke as a broken whiskey bottle. Your character now adds a success and two advantage to brawl checks and combat checks using improvised weapons. All improvised weapons of medium or large size gain the knockdown quality and have a critical rating of four. I thought Very I was nice. yeah, I thought I was gonna say and all improvised weapons have a critical weight rating of four. What do you think? Or just the two, the medium and large. <laughs> Cause oh, I like that. Because a medium size would be breaking a chair over somebody, right? And then, yeah. um, and then your large would be just picking up that freaking table and bashing somebody with it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so there's your improved version of the bringing tavern the brawler. chandelier down on someone's head. There you go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. That's tier three. That is yep. tier three. Yeah. Tier four, Stefan, kick it off. Yes. Burn through. Tier four, activation, incidental, as an action. No ranks. So, it's, again, it's one of those mind-hacking things. After making a success, successful mental intrusion check to defeat a mental defense, your character may suffer three strain to use this talent. If they do, they may perform a second mental intrusion action on the same maze as an incidental. Very nice. So, yeah, they can try to just burn through their, some of their own strains, like, ah, let's push through, finally defeat this freaking wall, and go through. <laughs> nice. Nice. And then we have another one by Chris again. Yes, so... I wonder which one it'll be. It is going to be the <laughs> supreme version of Tavern Brawler. It's a passive. I sense a theme. Yeah, <laughs> passive. <laughs> uh, it's not ranked, but you must have purchased the improved Tavern Brawler talent to benefit from this talent. You have become the paragon of ter- Tavern Brawlers, hitting as hard as the trucks delivering crates of whiskey across the multiverse to the taverns <laughs> and saloons that sing your praises. Uh-oh. Exactly, there you go, just like that. Your character now adds the concussive item quality to all medium and large improvised weapons. Your character can spend three threat or a despair from the character from the attacker's check to completely well sunder the improvised weapon they are wielding. But I think and I think Tony, you comment you made a comment on that. We should probably change that to completely destroy the improvised weapon they are wielding. Like what I'm picturing here is Somebody's going to try and bash you with, like, a chair, right? But you put your arm up, and it just completely shatters, right? Yeah. And you yeah, know, Or a beer mug or whatever, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's just no effect. <laughs> right. And that's normally uh, a normally an effect, and why this is a thing, 
is normally an effect that is on the realm of two despairs. Yes. Or, so it's it's very rare. Um, mm-hmm. But in our last uh, show with Scott Zumwalt, we had one show up. He rolled a double despair, mm-hmm. and uh, I completely destroyed his magical implement. There you go. So you in go. this case, if that had been a brawl, three threat or a despair for that, that right. would have been money well, yeah, in the bank for a GM. Yeah, well, well and you, you know, I'll tell you, the, the one, when I was thinking of this one, it's going to be fairly situational. Improvised weapons, eh, are you always going to have an improvised weapon around? No, not so much. Maybe not. And the reason why I made it, some of you out there are thinking, well, gosh, that's tier four. It doesn't seem that powerful. But if anybody has used a concussive item quality against your DM's bad guys, GM's bad guys, mm-hmm. like I did the Tonys sometimes... <laughs> Get stun locked. I got a those. solution in the works. Don't you worry. For the, oh, Coming I know. Oh, yes, yes. I, hey, well, let's not spoil it. A little foreshadowing there. But anyways, so that's what we've. That's what I got for that one. So tier five, let's Stefan, you have the lonely tier five talent. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the one that I had put on the other talent earlier. The you were so predictable. I changed it to this one. I think I like it this be- This one better. I know your mind. <laughs> Except tier five, it does take an action. Not ranked, of course. So, once per session, the character can make an average knowledge mentalism check during a mental encounter. If he succeeds, the character knows the name, strengths, and other qualities of all mind forts, active or dormant, in one maze that he's currently accessing as well as all other characters, either mentalists or chaperones, those are hackers or psysops, that are currently accessing the maze. Then he can spend three advantage or triumph on his check, whether or not he succeeded, to add successes to all mental intrusion checks involving that particular maze for the remainder of the encounter. So he's analyzed, practically, the lay of the land kind of thing. Very nice. Which makes it a little easier for him. Yeah, I like that. That's good cool. job. Yeah. By now, the way. is that I, one? So, is this? So, let me ask you a question here. So, this last part, mm-hmm. you could spend three advantage or a triumph to add one success. Is that what it is? One success to all men, mental intrusion checks. Yep. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. No matter what his rolls are, he at least adds an extra success. I'm wondering if. I'm wondering if we want to. Do we want to link that to a ranks in a knowledge skill instead, or is just the? I don't know. For no, some for some I reason, the one, one success. I think one is enough. I for mean, knowing five? all of the fortifications. Oh yeah, yeah I suppose. I suppose so. Yeah. 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 Fortifications. People who are accessing it. You know. Okay. I, there's three chaperones. Like whoa. Okay. There's three chaperones. This must be a, a powerful mind that needs to be protected. <laughs> Oh, you mean okay? So then, so you would know. Okay, so let me let me let me get this right. So you make an average knowledge check, yeah, to get average. all of that at average. Wouldn't that be hard? Wouldn't you want? To, wouldn't that? I could make it hard. Once I mean, I, it is once per session. You're right. Yeah. So average. Okay, that works. So then, yeah. so you know the names, the strengths, and other qualities of all mental fortifications. So those are your. Those would be equivalent to the. Um, to the yeah, ice, to walls, right? To the yeah, ice. Exactly. Okay. 
in one Centuries, maze. whatever names. So in this maze, that is the... When we're talking maze, what are we talking? We're talking That's a, the neural network. That's the person's okay, mind. It's, person's mind. Yeah. And then anybody else who's currently connected to that maze, that person's mind, you yeah. know their mental fortifications. No, no, no just, just know them that they're there. Just know that they're there. Okay, they're accessing it, but you don't know. Okay. Normally, you so don't that was, know that a chaperone is present until they begin tracing you. Okay, yeah. So we may have to wordsmith that just a little bit because that made me think that you know all of their mental fortifications as well as them that are connected. Right. So instead of just, just knowing that, just they're change there. it to as well as the presence. Of all other yeah, characters. Perfect. Yep. Yeah, I think yeah, I was just missing that one word for me. I tried to tried to wrap my head around around that. Okay, I got it. I got it now. Yeah. Got it. Sweet, sweet. Oh, that's that's a good uh, feedback. There you go. Yeah. Well that's why we're going over these, right? <laughs> exactly. There mm. you go. Presence of all right. yep. other characters. Okay. Not necessarily so, anything yeah, so else. T- Tony created a couple of these new ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what you got, Tony? Uh, these I'm going to put out there for anyone that wants to, that has ever had an <laughs> issue with your nemesis feeling anticlimactic in a, in a, in a Genesis game. If you say you have an ancient dragon that's sitting on a hill and some freaking uppity dwarf comes up and decides to one shot. Hey, Kilzak is not uppity. He was up in the air, but he was not uppity. <laughs> 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 or you have a player that has built his character around stun locking. What? Um, <laughs> Who would do that? Uh, your adversaries and only uses it on the major nemesis in an encounter. Um, <laughs> yeah. So here's a couple of new adversary talents. I begin with adversary improved. Adversary improved. Now these are not ranked or not tiered because adversaries don't have tiers of talents. Right. No. Uh, so adversary improved is uh, passive and it's not ranked and it says you must be a nemesis and with at least two ranks in adversary so there are prerequisites here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now when a player sten- spends a story point this adversary recovers two strain or a wound the GM <laughs> chooses that's perfect oh, there you go. I love it <laughs> that's great dude it's a reverse zealous Zealous fire. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, and that is a play. And I should probably put it in there when a player targeting this adversary spends. Um, that makes sense yeah. because, yeah, that that actually puts zealous fire to shame. To be honest, but, but still, because they get still you can either adversary. get a wound or a strain back. Yeah, but they are still right. an adversary. That's right. Keeps them up. Sweet. So yeah, up, when a player it, targeting this adversary, yeah, because they, they could they could be spending a, a story point to activate another talent that doesn't target the yeah. Uh, right, if attack, the adversary spending a story or, point to attack a minion nearby, and uh, I just don't yeah. see that allowing this character to do that. But yeah, if or, someone's targeting his friend, whatever they're using, it's not, and it doesn't have to be a combat skill. It can be a magic skill. It can be a mental intrusion check. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. It's usable in a social encounter. It's usable in a, a, a mental hacking encounter. It's usable in a um, combat encounter. And that is that, you know, when they're targeted, yep. the adversary yeah. spends a, uh, it gets to recover some strain or a wound. So. All right. Next one. 
Uh, and this is my coup de grace, so to speak, to that stun-locking character. <laughs> what? Um, <clears throat> Adversary Supreme. Uh, this is an incidental as an action. Uh, it is not ranked. And the must be a nemesis with at least three ranks in adversary. So you don't have to have adversary improved to take this. You don't? And okay. I, I did that on purpose because then you can, you know, mix and match what your adversaries have as far as talents. Okay. Um, with this, once per encounter, as an incidental, the GM may spend two story points to make an adversary immune to one weapon quality from the list below for a number of rounds equal to their ranks in the adversary talent. Those include Blast, Breach, Burn, Concussive, Disorient, Ensnare, <laughs> Knockdown, and Stun. Hmm, nice. Cool. I'm going to submit something here that you rename these. Instead of Improved and Supreme, we name uh, them something like Adversarial like, like adversarial Recovery for the first one, and then Adversarial Resilience for the second one. Because naming them Improved and Supreme yeah, assumes implies, you would, it would imply you need one for the other. That's it. What I was think? thinking just Adversary Recovery in, in brackets, and Adversary Immunity. But I think your, I like yours like as well. Recovering or uh, Resilience yeah. is nice as well. Resilience is already the name of a skill. Yeah. And resilience isn't involved in this tale. No, true. So putting that in the name. But I do like um I do think I, I, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um and so maybe instead of adversary improved and adversary supreme we have adversary improved and adversary adversary superior. Because of uh, in Star Wars, they have several of the talents that have that, where you have an improved version and you have a superior version, and they're not linked. You don't have to have one. Right, but they don't have that in Genesis, though. Correct. So That's why, instead of Supreme, we go with Superior. It's, to mirror it's too what similar. They have in- well, I think it's too similar, though. I think we yeah. might have to change it. I think so. I, I, I'm, yeah, just, well, I'm just suggesting that. I don't, I don't know. I think, it, I think it's a little too confusing. Okay. Yeah, at least at least putting maybe in brackets for now recovery and immunity respectively. Something like that. At least I bow to you did... two, and we'll mm-hmm. call it adversarial recovery. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second one we will call yeah. adversarial immunity. Thank you. Yeah. Perfect. That sounds good. Okay. Sweet. And the fact that, yeah, yeah, the GM has to spend two story points. I mean, those story points have to be on his side to start with. And and once per per encounter. Yeah. Yeah. Equal to their rank, so it'll be be at least three rounds that they'll be immune to that quality. Correct. And and, and it's only one quality. It doesn't prevent the players from locking them down in other ways. You know, but I will say, but you know what? Just, oh... So I'm gonna I'm gonna warn GMs from using this. <laughs> and no, seriously, let me finish. No, um, I'm gonna if, I'm, it, it, warn them from using the supreme one, the one that we just called immunity, in realms of Tirnoth, 
because Correct. that will completely negate a heroic ability. Completely. Correct. And Correct. that's not that's not cool. In right. my opinion. And, and, I mean it it, it really I, I don't know. I mean it would that would be a bummer. <laughs> totally. And now, all honesty, I'm still not 100% on these names. And the reason why I say that, and yeah. this is why, because I would see your adversarial recovery being one that you would put on an adversary that is end of a story, um, you know, end of two or three sessions. Not every adversary is going to have it. Right. Um, no. uh, It'll be your big, be bad, nemesis. evil guy. It's going to be a BBG. It's, it's going to be a nemesis that you want to be a little beefier. Um, yeah, that you want to last a little longer in combat. It's not gonna; they're not gonna last longer, or last a little longer in that social encounter. It's just you want this one to be a little more challenging without having to rewrite their whole stat block. Just poof, pop this talent on them, and good. No, Adversarial exactly. immunity is gonna be your campaign-ending boss fight. Yep, that's yeah. you don't want your campaign-ending boss to get hit with concussive get, in round one and then have players beat on them for two straight rounds and they can't do a mm-hmm. damn thing. Yeah. Who would do that? Um, <laughs> and, I know. And that's even even in the... Uh, I get that it's a, 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 a heroic ability um, involved in Terranoth. And I would say if you were going to use it in Terranoth, a campaign-ending boss fight. I mean, we're talking that last, like I did in my final Terranoth session with you guys in the Grognards, is you had a big, 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 bad boss fight at the end. It wasn't decided what that big, bad boss fight was going to be until the very last session. Right. Whether you were going to fight the one big bad or whether you were going to fight the other. Mm-hmm. But having that thing get concussed and then only able to just run away um, yeah, was a challenge for a GM. Yep. And if you have two players working in concert and one concusses and the other ensnares, I would say, you know, be wary. Uh, this, 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 it will totally feel anticlimactic to you as a GM that you created this big bad, but your players yep. did invest all their XP going down that path. Mm. Yeah. So. Be wary using it. If you do use it, use it for that campaign ender. And I maybe- still don't know about that though, Tony. That's tough <laughs> because I'll tell you that was that <laughs> that would have been if a bummer. I would say, and here's Which what you? I would say: Yeah, if, if the players use their tactics properly, which if you're playing with seasoned players, never would I let this talent remove a quality that the the, the creature is already suffering from or the uh, nemesis is already suffering from. If they're hit with concussive and they're already concussed, they can't use this as an incidental to negate it. No, no. So... It they would have to use it before there's a subject to... Uh... Right, right. So... Um, and I would add, maybe add that caveat that it this would have to be used before. So you're also... You have to choose beforehand yep. what you're going to... And so... You've got one character who, who who has a breach weapon. You've got another character who's got a weapon that's concussive, and you've got a third character that's ensnaring. And what do you want your bad big bad to be immune to? You've got three choices there, and you have to choose before those players take that action because once they take it, you're pooched. Um, I would even add that caveat. Um, 
So, and that's a not, that's not an, it, and, and I'm glad it's not an out of turn incidental either. Yeah, <clears throat> when I first wrote it, uh, it was only for one round. But then I decided because it wasn't for Terranoff. Right. And that would be another limiter you could do totally if you wanted to use it in a Terranoff game. I could see doing it for I could, one round. I could, see, I could see the one, I could see limiting it to one round in Terranoff. I think that would be just, I think that would be great. But yeah. but if you think about the heroic because yeah if anybody if everybody hasn't guessed it I had a concussive weapon it became concussed concussive when I activated my heroic ability I had it extended which extends it for three rounds right and this would like absolutely negate that ability which is kind of a bummer which is our is which that is that signature weapon uh, that, that's the signature or? weapon heroic ability okay. yeah 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 but limiting it for one round meaning if you had already done the immunity on it and I tried to hit you with it and did the concussive ah crap all right now I got to hit you again next round and tr- and it's not I've used that before and I think that was probably either that time maybe another time one other time before that have I even hit with the freaking concussive and was able to activate it Normally, right. I wasn't yeah, there even was, activating it. There was a couple times in the campaign where you were able to use the ability, uh, but not able to activate the concussive. Exactly. So that's not and even a so guarantee. It's but. very situational. Uh-huh. But uh, and, I, and I, maybe I maybe limiting it to one round. Yeah. Um, in uh, also, also not letting it remove an effect that already exists. That's a good. Um, those too, are yeah. great ways to limit this mm-hmm. if you want to use it in other settings. Yeah. But in in this setting, this is to represent those really big bad. And this, is my mm-hmm. thought, we have this this big bad enemy out there that oh, is supposed yeah. to be this megaversal monstrous creature mm-hmm. that has this legion of minions yeah. that we've already kind of alluded to in in a couple of uh, of our shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and this oh, is yeah. more of the realm of her and her major lieutenants. Right, right, right. Yeah. What, so, what yeah if, this is really cool, though. This is really cool what, talents. These are, I yeah, really like them. What if, I have another idea about the immunity thing, with as opposed to the concussive, let's say, for example, in <laughs> signature weapon. What if, you know, concussive, in the example, we're using concussive lasts a number of ranks equal to the, whatever the concussive rank is. If it's concussive four, for example, what if for story for two story points, the adversary can still make himself immune and reduce the concussive, let's say, duration by his ranks to, down to a minimum of one? No, it's not a concussive no? four thing. I don't. You you. The, the, no, you're equal to your ranks in the adversary talent. That's how long it lasts. No, he's well, talking for, about for, if for the immunity. For the, yeah, for the immunity. The immunity would last three rounds, but if, but a lot of these effects are also have a rating, like concussive or ensnare. Does it? Uh, Does concussive? Yeah, concussive. If hit by you know the the target uh, is, is staggered for rounds equal to the rank. Oh, okay. Equal to the weapon's concussive rating. Yeah. Oh, cool. So if you have concussive four and the the adversary has oh I see rank three, you, I mean you'd be a minimum of one rank. He'd still be affected, but not for four rounds. Only one round. Would that oh. be a one way so, around it or one way to work it? 
Yeah. Except for, uh, mm. it covers what the then then that kind of messes with breach. It messes with yeah. blast. It messes with knockdown, which don't have those. Right. That's why I didn't give it right. that. Um, the and that way you know you can also because making something immune to breach is, I mean, okay. Their soak is going to work for a few rounds, and nobody's going to breach that soak. And for a big, huge monster, that's awesome that you could do that with. Um, right. Blast, oh. another thing. You know, you've got, uh, uh, say, a hive mind nemesis that's a bunch of little creatures that is a hive mind. It's one nemesis, but it's got its body is a bunch of little creatures. Yeah. In this setting, we're going to have that. And that being able to be immune to burn or breach. Or sorry, blast um, for a couple of rounds. That's for Not three rounds. Deal. It's for three yeah. rounds at a minimum. It's, it's going to be for three rounds. You know what? I have, hmm, I even now that you're mentioning it at a minimum I, three rounds. Yeah, let's just make it one round. No, we can make it. Do just make it half your ranks in the adversary talent rounded down. That way, if you have a four ranks in adversary, it's for two rounds. Just equal huge makes you big rounds, rounds equal to. Half their ranks rounded down. Okay. Yeah, because I'm I'm looking at some of the qualities. Like even breach, ignore one vehicle armor per rank, or ignore ten silk. Because I was just I, I mean we could totally play test this. Because yeah. I would love to do those yeah. fights at the, I would love to play that fight at the end right again and just see yeah. how this works. Because yeah. mm-hmm. when I'm thinking you know because I'll tell you those fights they don't last very long. You got a big bad guy. You got a bunch of. You know, characters there. Either one side's going to win, or the other one is going to win, right? And with yeah, yeah. being not because being immune to breach for three rounds, mm. it won't be able to <laughs> really damage nope. them. But no. then again, that puts it on the players. They got to be creative now. How be you were creative, creative. And yeah. exactly, and how oh, you were creative like, okay. just moving your moving the bad guy around, trying to be creative with that. It puts it on us as players. Or the players here to be more creative, to stay yeah, but out. I really, of, yeah, I really don't want every fight with a character with a concussive weapon to turn into the Benny Hill theme. That's what I'm, you know, because <laughs> you, you, that's what you do as a GM when when you have a character with a concussive weapon. Uh, every major fight, there, every time they hit, oh, it's concussed, it's staggered. Great, now he's just kind of and just run around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Until he recovers from that, <laughs> that's that's why I thought maybe the adversary ranks would reduce the number of rounds of concussive or burn or blast. Well, all right, but, well, we, I think we've beat we could, this horse yeah. to death. So. Yes, and the dragon, and the big bad guy, <laughs> and the players to death. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I love these conversations. So, this is great. Yeah. See, this is the stuff yeah. we talk about, everybody. This is how our yeah. brainstorming goes. <laughs> so we'll play test this. We'll see how it works. We may have further limiters for you, but when we have yeah. our final document, you'll see the final works. But those two, I was pretty proud of them. I thought you guys would like them. No, so, those yeah. are great, dude. These are great. These are really great. No, the one for recovery is nice and simple. You know, but it's the other one that maybe needs more play testing. All right. So, on to our next segment, then.
All right, welcome to our next segment of the show called uh, On the Slab. In this segment of the show, Tony chooses one adversary from one of the books, and we dissect it a little bit, 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 bit by bit by bit, and uh, we'll see how we can uh, adapt it to different settings. So what's on the slab today, Tony? Well, on the slab, or the shop table, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, we have the combat drone from page 233 of Shadow of the Beanstalk. Mm-hmm. This is a minion. Combat drones usually deploy defensively and watch infantry units' flanks or forward as or forward as scouts. Though not well armed or armored, they are agile and more disposable than a human soldier. And in groups, they can be lethal. Because they're minion. So, they're minion group then. Oh uh, yeah. All right. All right. So. What they do, they have no brawn, they have no intellect, no cunning, no willpower, presence. Those are all one. But they have tree agility. Yep. With a little bit of armor on them, they're going to have a soak of three to add on to that uh, armor two, brawn one. So soak Mm -hmm. three. Wound threshold is five per minion in the group. So not bad. Range defense of two. Ooh, that doesn't suck. Yeah, some um, sloped armor. Mm-hmm. Melee defense, not so much. No. Group skills, that means that uh, for every minion in the group, you're going to upgrade these skills um, one time for each minion beyond the first. And that is going to be perception, range, and range light. Makes sense. They have no talents, and they have the following abilities. Flyer. They can fly. See the flying sidebar on page 100 of the Genesis Core rulebook. They have focus fire. Uh, when making a combat check, add an advantage to the results for every other character in this minion group. Um, mechanical uh, does not need to eat, breathe, or drink and can survive in a vacuum underwater and is immune to poisons and toxins. Uh, silhouette zero. And then Telepresence can operate independently or can be controlled directly by an operator with a wireless wireless link. If being controlled, the combat drone counts as having ranks in any skill equal to the controller's ranks in that skill. Hmm. They're equipped with a light fletcher. Uh, that's a pistol type. Um, it's a range light weapon. Does four damage, critical two, range medium, and has pierce two. I got a quick question. S- Mm-hmm. Back to focus fire real quick. Sure. When you're calculating a number of advantage, okay, it says add an advantage to the results for every other character in a minion group. So say you have four. Yeah. Yep. How many do you add? Three? Two. Two. Every other every character. Every other. So if you have three, just one? Yep. Okay. Got it. Well, if it's every other, every other after the first, right? <laughs> See, yeah, that's, that's why I was asking. <laughs> that's yeah. what it is. Is it every other character? In it is game? every other, other than beyond the first. Yes. Yeah. So a bit like if you skills. have a mini group of four, four. it's going to be three advantage. Got it. Okay. Right. Yeah, that was what I was wondering. I because I, I, I was yeah. I was taking it either way. Right. I wasn't sure. So. I was just trying to confuse you. You did. I was, I was I already was, confused. I would have used it like, yeah. I was uh, <laughs> going to use it uh, the same thing as skills. So yeah, yeah mini group of of four has. Three ranks of range light. Mm. Correct. Yep. Oh. Okay. Just all right. All right. So, 
these guys pretty good as a mm-hmm. ranged combatant. However, um, mm-hmm. uh, to skin them in other settings, you kind of have to drop the range combatant thing and add in some melee. Now, all you would have to do is just change the skill to whatever melee or brawl, yep. usually brawl for creatures with attacks. Um, yeah. And and the attack doesn't have to be any different. The attack can be four damage. Um, the range would be engaged. Critical two, pierce two. That all fits. Yeah, it does. Um, but the key here, the key ability, I think, uh, and you can drop and add mechanical as needed based on the ones that I've reskinned. The key one that you want to think about is that telepresence can operate independently or can be controlled. And that's what I kind of latched on to, that these can be controlled. Mm-hmm. So this would be a great way to reskin, say, a s- vampire-controlled swarm of bats. No, oh, that's cool. Or magically-controlled flock of birds. Mm-hmm. Or... Yeah. A room full of animated furniture. <laughs> you know what? You know what I was thinking about that one when you said animated furniture. Mm. Be our guest. Be our guest. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking Beauty of the Beast. Yeah, I'm so thinking I Willow. Willow. Well, well, yeah, the, the braziers that are attacking in the yeah. in the final battle with the witch. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was thinking mimics. Very small oh, mimics. Oh yeah, dude. Just... <laughs> Or a hive of flying insects. Now, with the insects, um, you could have those be ones that have melee attacks. Or you could have them be ones that have a ranged attack. Some sort of mm-hmm. barb yeah. that they shoot. Or yeah, an acid that they spit. Or something like that. Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and the last one, kind of specific to our setting, is... Psionic crystal constructs, or as I called them, strike shards. Cool. So, reskinning the combat drone for our setting, totally, it's exactly the same. It's mm-hmm. just a psionic crystal yeah, that hovers, nice. and it shoots shards of crystal, or shoots rays of magical force, huh. mental Focus force. Light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't psionic doesn't have to be super complicated. Right. Nope. And it Even telepresence can stay as a psionic can control them at a distance, maybe. Yeah, yeah. That does, yep. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, that's to select, dude. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I was thinking, as a hive of flying insects, instead of having a swarm of, of, of squirrels, and they're throwing their nuts at you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, swarm of squirrels, squirrels chucking nuts at you. Yes. <laughs> Those are some painful nuts. That's true. Or some freaking fucking monk apes from another setting from another from oh. another gaming system that kicked our ass. My god. <laughs> I had a high level character that could take out a freaking walking god, but these little monk apes throwing these goddamn coconuts would just <laughs> <laughs> take us down. It was so great. It was great. Uh, and and that's throwing and that's- flying feast. Flaming feces. Flaming feces piles, that's right. <laughs> there we go. Either way, the key thing is is whether you focus on ranged or melee, whether yeah. you focus on um, whether you focus on the uh, mechanical or not mechanical, all that's important. These are silhouette zero minions that can be controlled. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's cool. Very cool, Tony. Very nice. 
right. Yeah, combat drones can be reskinned to almost anything. Well, almost. Almost. <laughs> well, we have another show segment to get on to, shall we? Let's. Yes, let's go. Very good, Tony. Thank you very much for the slab. Welcome to Advantageous Threats. This is where we build, roll, narrate dice results on a simple skill check or two or four or whatever we decide for your entertainment, but mainly mainly ours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so uh, I've written a little scenario here. I am GMing Tales of the Epsilon Eclipse. The patrons, that's my two players here, Stefan and Chris. Mm hmm have traveled to a place called Jergy's Joint. <laughs> it's a gambling saloon in the worst part of the wasteland of Amos. And that's one of the worlds that Chris created. Uh, in a remote settlement known as Blood Creek. Nice. They're here to execute a warrant for one Rannick Tagura, a retired thunderboxer, wanted by the order of the Axe and Saw for murdering one of their own. Rannick Revenge! Rannick has heard that the bounty hunters are in town, and he has just showed up at the saloon ready for a fight. Nice. As Stefan is now, getting out his dice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what that sound was. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, this guy steps in, and first of all, he matches the picture on the document that you guys have. Rannick is a huge elephantar with these sharp cybernetic blades attached to the ends of his tusks. Ooh. And he's got big thunder boxer gloves on, which are concussive shock gloves. Nice. And then on his head, on the back of his head is this big bulging metal piece of technology it looks kind of like Lobot's um, cybernetic mm. brain in Star Wars right. Damn. and when he steps in that thing lights up beep 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 and two weird looking skulls with these things attached to them with strapped to them um, laser weapons strapped to the their skulls these floating things come around him and he's got two of these drones that are like necromantic technology skull uh, skulls with lasers in their mouths. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Interesting. Very. So everyone, Very rolls, everyone roll vigilance. No. No. Why can't we describe our characters? Let me roll my. Oh, right. Let me read my flavor text, motherfucker. <laughs> Come on, you sorry, bastard. Sorry, I have some flavor sorry, text here. Sorry. Let me start. <clears throat> Stefan, what are you playing? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Go ahead, Stefan. Go ahead. All right. So as as we're confronted by this elephant door, we've got three little balls that just roll down the hallway. The curved hallway rolls down, and the three little balls come in with little flickering lights once in a while, and they one after the other they unfold, and one jumps on the shoulders of the other one. I am zip. I am zap, 
and I am Zoom. <laughs> awesome. Guys, the, these are the Zol Hakaim. We are travelers, i.e. explorers. So the Zol Hakaim are unique among the Zol. Instead of being just one creature, they're a mind-link cluster of three smaller termite in these in, in the, these guys' cases, like creatures, almost like firefly-like. And whenever they talk to each other, their part of their anatomy just glows a little bit, do, 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 almost like Morse code. Nice, nice, nice. Well done. All right, well done. and who else is in the bar that is uh, one of my bounty hunters? Chris? Well, what you have, we have a rhinotaur bouncer named Ludo Steelhorn. He's just come downstairs from his room at the saloon to get a drink. He shakes his head and lays a warrant on the bar, wondering what his next move is going to be, as the trail for Ranek Tagura has gone cold. The bartender fills his glass with whiskey and leaves the bottle for Ludo, as he hears the creaking of the saloon doors, and apparently beep, 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 boop, 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 as his fucking drones come out of him, too. So, all right. So that's, that's so now I'll roll vigilance. <laughs> yes, now we can roll vigilance. <laughs> well, let's right. see. What's vigilance based on? That's whistle power, right? Whistle power. Whistle power. Yeah. power. I say WI. I've been playing D&D the last few days. So, <laughs> willpower it is. Vigilance. It's whistle power from now on. All right. That's two yellows for me, buddy. And I have, oh, look at that. Four advantage. <laughs> Last, I'm, I need to finish my drink. So, before we start this, so oh, three three successes <laughs> for me. Okay. I only had two, and the bad guy had one success, two advantage. So it's going to be one player, uh, one bad guy, and uh, the uh, minions. He will direct on his turn, also. Mm -hmm. So they'll go in the same turn as him. Cool, because he's controlling them. <laughs> Nice. All right. Must learn control. <laughs> so, these are necro drones that he has here. Why did it have to be necro drones? I don't know. Shut up. <laughs> All right. So it's always player. necro drones. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Zip, zip, zoom. Zip, like? zap, zoom. Yes, they're known collectively as a zip, zap, zoom. <laughs> Three, so, zoom. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. 3Z. <laughs> 3Z. <Three> 3Z. <laughs> All right. So, he will they will try since they're trying to capture this Renick mm -hmm. to surround them. And so you'll move to surround them. Like, oh, those tusks will look awesome above our mental piece. <laughs> So, there we go. He takes a strain to use his parkour to move almost anywhere within short range as they tumble and jump and vault around Rannick and will use their electro net rods to try and snare him and capture him. Holy crud. <laughs> so, there we go. That's what you get when you let characters, when you get players making up... <laughs> Making up shit. Yep. That's it. <laughs> yeah, you're allowed to make your own gear. I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> so electro net rods. These are basically like almost like rifles 
customized rifles kind of thing. Medium range, they do mostly stun damage, and they can have the ensnare quality and stun damage. So here we go. So that's, I've got three yellow, one green as based skill. He'll, he'll take two strain and aim. Okay. Getting a boost die. And dif base difficulty, two purple at the very least. For uh, uh, This guy has adversary two. Of course. Uh -huh. So there you go. Upgrade that to two red. Does he have any defense? Uh, he has no defense. All right. Don't so forget your try quick That's the picture I put into the Skype for yeah. you guys. Oh, yes. you know, have he ain't wearing no armor. Uh, He's got a loincloth on. That's about it. That's basically, right. <laughs> basically, that's what Ludo's wearing, too. So. Yeah, that's it. All right. And thank you for reminding me. Yes, I did add quick, quick straight as a, one of his talents. So he gets mm -hmm. uh, another boost. Dive since he has, the bad guy hasn't acted yet. Excellent. All right. You yes. didn't even have to ask for it. Nope. <laughs> Uh, well, I wonder if I should act on the... No, no, it's only against immobilized targets, so I have to immobilize them first. Nah, no problem. Let's go. Okay. There we go. Do, 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 do. Make sure to Got add an advantage. advantage. Make sure to add one more to it for your tactical focus talent there. Oh, yes. Tactical focus. I'll just take a boost die and put that on the advantage side already. So... I am left with two successes and four advantage. Nice. The red dice didn't come up like uh, only some threat, which was canceled out. So, damage. he gets damages, stun damage of six, because, uh, seven, sorry. Okay, so he's going to, that up soak applies to stun he damage. Does soak applies, does. So he I have, has a soak of six. Yeah. And then. I can, and I also have four advantage. I can take two advantage to in activate ensnare. Yep. So that'll be ensnare for three rounds. And take the other two advantage and s suffer stun three. Okay. So Which he's going to take an additional three strain, strain. So he was at yep. 12 strain to start. He took one from you getting mm -hmm. past his soak. Mm -hmm. And then three more from you activating the stun quality. That's it. Um, no for a total of four. Nice. And he That's is ensnared it. for two rounds, you say, correct? Yes, three rounds. So this looks like, you know, zip, zap, and zoom. Move around, jump over some patrons and under a table uh, on uh, on his friend's, uh, Ludo's uh, head and activates the all, all of their... Uh, Electro rods, and there's a net between the three of them as they're trying to uh, keep them immobilized. Got it. We can't hold them too long. Come on, Ludo. Yeah, hey. come on. Come on. Hey, let me finish my drink right. first. <laughs> so he issues Rush. a command as an incidental to the drones, and the drones are going to immediately open fire with their laser pistols. Um, with their mouth lasers on uh, the bugs. So the drones, there's only two of them. So uh, as a minion group, they have an agility of three and upgraded once for the extra minion. So three yellow. They're at short range. Or sorry, two green, one yellow. They're at short range. Do you have any range defense, bug no, boy? They do. No, but they are small. They're silhouette zeros, but I don't think that matters in this case. So are these guys. 
No, it doesn't matter. Um, so right now, um, aiming specifically at your character, but uh, because you're split up, the wound threshold is... So I'm going to say we're aiming at Zap. Yeah. <laughs> they sort of so. share a, a certain amount of strain and wound, but yeah. Okay. So um, they're going to take their maneuver to aim because they don't have to go anywhere. Mm. And uh, I'll spend that GM story point that I have sitting there because... Uh, Why not? Trying to free the boss. That's right. Because stuffing things. All right. Yes. <laughs> So uh, I only had a single failure on, failure on my purple die. That cancels out one of my successes, leaving me with two successes, three advantage. Ooh. So uh, Zap is going to take uh, six damage, pierce two. Oh, no. All right. So just put a little pen and paper here. So six. He's got soak three, because all Zol have at least a tough exoskeleton of plus one. So he only suffers three. Okay. And then for the three advantage, uh, this has a crit rating of four, does it not? It does. So for three advantage, uh, we're going to knock Zap prone. <laughs> Just kind of knocks him back. <laughs> oh, ow, Skitters ow, across ow. the floor and into the bar. <laughs> All right. Ludo. Ludo, All right, on. Ludo, as an incidental, finishes his drink. <laughs> All right, <laughs> slams the, the slams drink his down, and he does. He turns around and goes, and then he pushes like his foot off the bar and just recklessly charges into this guy that's just standing between him and the doorway, and just gonna charge ferociously and recklessly. Yeah, so I, I see what you're doing here. You do see what I'm doing. <laughs> Ferocious you, you charge, reckless Leading with his horn. <laughs> All right, so you, I need to you add. See, you see the familiar netting around his legs and lower body. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. That's that Zoom have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I get a, I get some stuff here and things, and i got to add all this shit up. <laughs> i got to remember what the <laughs> hell I'm doing. All right. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm adding a lot of successes to this, I think. Um, Yeah. So we're just going to roll it. Okay, so we're going to do two for the difficulty. He's charging. He's going to aim with his horn as he goes, right? Um, I'm going to spend a story point, if I have one, to upgrade okay. this Yo, check. You guys because, have three. Because yeah, it is what it is. Okay, so he's going to use his adversarial recovery to immediately recover two strain. Perfect. As you see, <laughs> like, it's coursing, all that energy is coursing through him, but you see the the thing that's attached to his head has kind of pipes coming out of the back of it going into his back, and they're pumping some sort of weird drugs into his body. Nice. I like it. All right. So, I'm not using an improvised weapon. Just myself. All right, so I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna be adding some things. I'm gonna be adding successes to this. So, my, hang on a minute. Let's go. Higher. Okay, so ferocious charge adds two damage and knockdown to the attack. Reckless charge adds two successes, two threat to the attack. Improved tavern draw, draw, brawler adds two one success, two advantage. 
So that'll be a net three successes I'm adding to this check. Because that cool. negates the reckless charge. And I added the two advantage to improve Tavern, tavern Brawler for a reason. To, that, <laughs> to get rid of this reckless charge negative. So a little bit of synergy there, anyways. Um, I, I see it. And, and at the yeah. end, you add two damage also. And I'll be adding two damage on top of this. He is not yeah. a rival or a minion, correct? <laughs> no, a, he is a nemesis okay. with oh. adversary too. So then the takedown talent will not apply here. But it doesn't matter. All right, so hang on a minute. Do you have the red dice in for the nope, I for don't. adversary two? That was what I was going to do. Adversary two. And did you say, so does he have any melee defense? Uh, he does have a melee defense of one. One, okay. Do you want to do anything to the pool? I did not have any story points to oh, start. Okay, then here we go. So three yellow, a green, a blue, a black, and two red. Yep. Here we go. <laughs> As we're charging. <laughs> do do okay. it. Do it. There we go. All right, so that cancels. Steam comes out of your nostril. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We will cancel. Maybe that was fire whiskey you were drinking. Yep. All right. <laughs> so we're going to have four net successes and one advantage. So okay. I won't be able to knock him down. I don't think. Does knockdown it only takes one, doesn't it? Knockdown only takes one. Alright. Yeah. So we're we're so we're basically tackling this fucker. <laughs> we're just knocking him down. So we have four how much, success- how much damage is this? Four successes. That would be add six damage to his horn attack, which is five, eleven. Um Plus, ouch. Yep. and then he yeah. soaks six of that takes five. Takes five. Yep. And we go down in a heap. <laughs> so I just boom, just knock him down on his ass. Nice. There we go. All right. Round two. Mm-hmm. If you guys don't get him now, his posse's going to arrive mm. from outside, and it's going to be wanna, You want to go again, Chris? Uh, Knock him out. You're on top of him. I'm on top of him. Yeah, yeah, so, I'm, yeah so I'll just I'll just try and knock him out. Um, You know what? Actually, so what I did, so this is it. So I've got a, um, so I basically just run into him, boosh, and I knock him down. So he's prone. I take the table that's standing right next to the door and just pick it up and just slam it right on his face. Okay. How's that sound? So that's going to be a large improvised object. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and improvised weapons can be found um, oh, yeah. somewhere in the core rulebook. I should have had that right. Uh, they would be on page 109er mm-hmm. of the core rulebook. I had them, I had them uh, bookmarked for this. Yeah, a large that. one is going to do damage equal to your brawn plus three it's going to have a crit of five but your talent is going to reduce that to correct yep it reduces it to four and it's he's going to have the concussive quality with this too all right because he's got because he's a supreme tavern brawler there we go so um it's basically the same check but i haven't upgraded yet um, I haven't spent a story point, and I'm not going to. Okay. Would you like I to? I am. You are? Okay. Because this guy really does not want to be captured. That's good. <laughs> so toss um, another purple in there. I sure did. All right. Okay. So, yep, so we're just going to smash uh, he him. He is prone. 
actually. One he more is blue prone, die. and you are standing above him, so add in a boost die. A boost die, that's right. Okay, cool. So two yellow, two blue, two green, two red, a purple, and a black. Woohoo, rainbow pool! Yes, very much so. Here we go. So I'm not going to be getting the ferocious, ferocious charge off of this, or reckless charge, but I will still be adding one success and two advantage to this for being an improved tavern, tavern brawler. Alrighty then. That cancels that. Alright, so we're left with four, five successes because oh. of that, and um, uh, four advantage. <clears throat> so, we are going to do how many how many damage did I did, did I say or I did front plus three is what five. it normally does and you had five successes. Yep. Um, so Brawn is three is four. four. Seven so seven plus, plus five, five 12. is twelve. Yep. So he's he's gonna take six more. Six more. So he's at eleven of eighteen wounds. All right, and then I will um, I'll concuss him. But I, you know, but to be honest with you, I did not think of, I didn't put a concussive, I didn't give it a rating. So and the it's talent. Concussive, concussive one then. Well, for the talent, what would he, th- I mean, does that seem reasonable? Just one? Or would it be linked on something? It's an improvised weapon. Yeah, so concussive one, that works. So the table just smashes, <laughs> just smashes them. Um, and then for the two advantage, I'd like to get a view of, um, you know what? I'd actually, I'd, if I could, could I, could I, yeah, I'd like to kind of get the situation of like outside. If you said he had guys backing him up, can I see what he, what might be coming? Well, there's just a posse outside of ne'er-do-wells and thugs headed this way. Ah, nice. All right. <sighs> All right. Well, I completely forgot his action last turn because um, he used his maneuver to com- do the combat drones. But now he doesn't have one this turn. Just saying. Um, so I'd say his action, he cashed it in to call him back up. Got um, it. All right. So. Fair enough. Um, is he going to stand maybe? So he is. No, he's staggered and ensnared. So he's not moving. He's stun locked. He is yeah. done. <laughs> um, so. Go ahead, Stefan. Oh, wait, the drones. The drones. The yes, drones. You can still so they're going to go ahead and blast uh, Zip this time. Right. Um, <laughs> and uh, at short range. Uh, and they're going to aim also. So I'm looking at uh, two green and yellow. Uh, uh, I will flip a story blue. point. Purple. You're going to flip? Flip a story point because uh, Zip probably was able to uh, get uh, a bit of cover. Okay. Uh, some stools and stuff uh, oh, between him and Wally when you moved last time. Cool. Gotcha. All right. I am not flipping a story point for this. Because All right. Maybe he wants to be captured. <laughs> All right. So the red die was a blank, buddy. But so was my yellow die. So He's got a good lawyer. So, maybe. Yeah. so um, <laughs> this time I had a two success out of four advantage. So they will be critting Zip with their so that's grand total of six damage pierce two with a critical 
and the critical is going to be so that's four. 69. Ooh, I win. <laughs> I rolled uh, my favorite number. Scattered senses. Average difficulty uh, severity crit. Uh, scattered senses. The target removes all blue dice from skill checks until its critical is healed. Couldn't do it to a better player! <laughs> <laughs> I can't have blue dice. No! <laughs> And it's the 69 talent. Understood. Uh, yeah. <laughs> For Stefan. Mm-hmm. 69 crit, yes. Mm. Yep, yep, yep. Wow. <laughs> All right. It's great. Your shot, bug boy. <laughs> <laughs> Boys. With a oh, Z. Boy. <laughs> With a Z. <Yes. laughs> That's okay. So Zip, Zap, and Zoom will try to reactivate you know, their electro rods again. Another shot at them. Take them down. All right, he's prone. They're at yeah. uh, short range if they want to move into engaged range so that they can no, get the boost die. Oh, never mind. You no. don't get it. <laughs> no, they'll, they'll stay at the short range. Nah. <laughs> what, do you want to aim to get the boost die? Oh, you can't. No. <laughs> <laughs> neener, neener, neener. Uh, no, but as a maneuver, I could still, uh, if this combat would last a little longer, use his easy prey to suffer three, three strain and add two boost dice to allies within short range. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Against che- against targets that are immobilized. So there. Uh, ooh. <laughs> Very nice. Very so there nice. you go. So he's still awesome. adversary. So three, two reds. Uh, no boost, I have a story point. Upgrade. Yeah, well, I've... <laughs> I still have a story point on my end, so I'm going to upgrade too. Awesome. So, and which means four yellows instead. Yeah. Okay. So four oh, yellows, what are you two doing? reds, and a purple. What are you doing? Shoot him I'm again? shooting him again. So more multiple shots. Oh, yeah. Multiple ones there. Oh, yeah. There we go. So Leave the Stefan to use the stuff. rods in this game. Yes. <laughs> Oh, and we have a despair, though. Yay! <laughs> I know why we do. All right, so these... T- I would, I'm left with, unfortunately, uh, no successes. No uh, successes, yeah. At two advantage and a despair. Okay. <laughs> so despair. I don't hit him with the electro rods, but I could still stun him for three, for three damage. Three okay. more damage. Three more. So but, he's going to take three more strain for total yeah. five strain on top of his 12. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. As the little wires go you know, all over the place, and uh, they, don't, they don't hit, but one of them still managed to graze one of his metal blades on his tusk and <laughs> send a little right. shock there. So he's thrashing, and he's hit with this but, table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And thrashing some more. And all of a sudden you hear... The floor gives out and he falls into the basement. Awesome. (laughs) As part of the despair? That's your despair, yeah. Oh, that's great. (laughs) Along with uh, Ludo? Now he's he's stunned. He's still stunned and immobilized, but now he's stunned and immobilized in a dark basement. Yep. With a bunch of kegs of beer for cover. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And his reinforcements are arriving. Nice. Yeah. 
Perhaps he'll live to fight another day. We don't know. Perhaps we We will see. Cliffhanger. (laughs) Awesome. Excellent job, guys. That's cool. And this time I tried to read my dice. Yeah, that was great. And this time I tried to read my my dice a little faster. (laughs) You did well, Stefan. You did a phenomenal job. Don't let Chris pick on you about it. Tony Tony and I didn't have to like have our own little monologue while you were No. Well, no. you were. I, I only had I only had one glass of whiskey. <laughs> well, that's good. I have an epsilon eclipse, by the way. <laughs> oh, I thought that was an epsilon sour. Sorry, an epsilon sour. Yep, fireball and sour mix. Boom. Mm. All right, Roger that. All right, so that's advantageous threats. That was fun, dude. Shall yeah. we stop torturing our listeners and go home? Yeah, let's do that. I guess. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you for joining us on the show. This is just a little outro. I just want to do a little quick shout out to our fellows on the Nerds International Network. And this time I want to focus on our uh, guys over uh, in the over the pond. 3T RPG podcast. We've got Harrison and Nick um, who uh, do all kinds of uh, different role playing games and, and stuff. Um, they're back at it as well, and uh, so yeah. If you want to do, if you have some time, listen to uh, to their podcast. They go all all out on uh, on their stuff. If you want something silly and not safe for work? Go go ahead and listen to them. <laughs> they also do um, some live play or not live plays, oh, actual yes. plays. Um, yes, yeah, that's right. They do DCC actual plays right now. They they've been doing um, a cyberpunk. Uh, Dirt Boys um, actual play, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that's been interesting. And they also had one that they did a while back that was um, a DCC fantasy campaign. And, right. Uh, so, so cool. They have there we uh, go. A lot of fun over there. Those guys. Oh yeah. Awesome. Very irreverent. Very uh, very funny. Very British humor. Hmm. <clears throat> Well, uh, anything else, Chris? Oh well, what we have, what we have coming up next on our next show, I will be GMing Stefan, Tony, and I believe Jamie's going to join us for this, right? If he can, if not, if he we'll can, probably we'll get another guest player. We'll grab somebody else, um, and I'm going to create a short little three-hour adventure for our actual play um, in uh, the Inquisition setting, done by Guillaume Tardif, and. Uh, yeah, going to be doing it. Yes, it's a dark kind of fantasy uh, realm or fan, well, yep. medieval kind of medieval, uh, basically setting. like the uh, like the witch hunting Inquisition, yeah. you know, Spanish Inquisition setting and such. Mm-hmm. Which I'm reading his setting. I'm actually learning a lot about like the hierarchies of like baronies and you know how that mm. whole hierarchy yeah. of you know. The nobles and such. The feud- so it's kind of cool. Feudal system. Yeah. The feudal system. Yep, yep. Pretty cool. All right. Well, if you want to reach out to us, tell us we're horrible at what we do, tell us we're great, that you love us, or just say hi, Call. Uh, you can email us at findingthenarrativepodcast@gmail.com. Uh, you could send questions, too, if you have those. Um, mm-hmm. You can also contact us, myself and Stefan, on uh, Facebook, mm-hmm. at Finding the Narrative. Um we're also uh, 
the Nerds International community and us were all over MeWe. Um, yeah. And we have a Twitter presence, at FTN underscore. Stefan monitors that like a hawk. And, FTN uh, underscore pretty, Genesis, by the way. Is that yes. what I said? You didn't finish it. <laughs> no, you, no. You said FTN underscore Stefan monitors uh, that. Sorry. <laughs> FTN underscore Genesis. My bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm getting tired, boys. Yep. All right. So this is Tony saying, let's tell a story. Spend some story points. And this is Stefan saying, dare to ask for those boost dice, even if sometimes your character can't roll them. <laughs> <laughs> and remember the rule of cool and fucking with your, with your GM, stun locking his fucking bad guys. There we go. And uh, just have fun <laughs> while doing it. <laughs> All right. Good, good night, everybody. See ya. Good night. Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast, is not affiliated with or endorsed by any companies mentioned on this show. Any of the products mentioned on our show or appear on our website are the property and copyright of their respected owners. All items are used under fair use and educational and review purposes. All other items are the intellectual property of Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast, copyright 2020, all rights reserved.